All right, cool. Hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in here to Tech 5 Radio. This is a special podcast version of the show where we get to nerd out on some really fun, important, and kind of cool and scary stuff all in one. We're hanging out with Steve Mancini from the NCFTA, the National Cyber Forensics Training Alliance, right upstairs from us here at the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And, uh, Steve, we've got some important stuff to talk about. I mean, you were just on Tech 5 a few weeks ago. And just kind of setting the stage with all different types of cybersecurity threats that are out there. And it's a scary world. And I'm glad that the NCFTA is out there kind of keeping after us, keeping keeping the uh, criminals at bay, the cyber criminals at bay. So thanks for hanging out with us, man. I Not appreciate it. Not a problem. It. I appreciate the, uh, the introduction. So uh, first off, tell us about yourself. Who is Steve Mancini? Tell us a little bit about the NCFTA, and then I want to dive into the scariest stuff that you're seeing out there when it comes to cyber threats. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Mancini, he's a dreamer. He's a, No, uh, I'm actually uh, the CTO up at uh, NCFTA. Uh, I'm also an adjunct professor. I work with some of the uh, local universities. I teach on uh, different cybercrime topics. Um, I am retired military and I did spend a couple of years with the Department of Homeland Security, so I've got a pretty I'll say extensive background in IT. I mean, I, fun fact, I started programming on a TRS-80 back in like 1982, and yet I'm still fairly young, So, but it's it's in the blood. <laughs> You're so kind of like me. I was on the old VIC-20 in the Commodore 64. I do. I still have my Commodore 64. Do you I, really? I do. Oh, that's so cool. When you get tired of humanity, just say, I'm breaking it out. I'm breaking I'm gonna, it out. <laughs> now, did yours <laughs> have, have the actual disk drive, or did it have the tape cassette? Mine had a tape cassette. Funny, I had the tape cassette and... I still remember it. The 1541 five and a quarter floppy drive, yes. and then I had a nine pin dot matrix printer and Ooh. good times. Good. So I've, so I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, it's in your it's in your blood. It's in your soul. And what got you excited about really getting into the whole cyber forensics world? Because I mean, that is obviously just a whole that, that's a whole career within itself outside of everything else. No, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the biggest thing what's going on right now is. And I, and I know what, I will go back in time. Okay. I'll go all the way back to the early 80s when uh, everybody remembers the movie War Games. And it's kind of the, it was kind of the first movie to really um, bring hacking, and, and it's a good movie, but it also kind of made entertainment where everyone went, ooh, I want to do that. You can do that you stuff. Can, right. And, and, but what's funny, though, is if you look at the problems we're having today, Essentially, they're the same problems. Weak passwords, scanning networks, looking for phone. I mean, that hasn't really changed much. And so for me, the fact that, um, look, I'm a, I'm a creature of, uh, uh, of simplicity. We're going to keep interconnecting, so I'm going to get in that career field because I know humanity, and we're going to keep screwing it up. We're going to keep messing so it up. Stevie's going to retire young. <laughs> as long as nobody wipes out my bank account, I'm in a good place, which, you know, you can never be sure these days. Yeah, you cannot be sure. So what are some of the bigger threats that are out there? I know it changes probably hour to hour in some instances, but what are some of the bigger trends you're seeing out there when it comes to real threats that just sometimes just just a common layman out there should be thinking about someone that does that has a, a bank account and they're checking it online or with their credit cards and things like that. Great question, and and I think there's there's two halves to that question. Okay. One is the user, and, and the user is whether they're you know the employee in a company or the user at home. They they are the weakest link because. Um, you know, they're not as, you know, there's not as IT savvy, you know, they're, they're, 
they're the one that the business is aiming to get ease of functionality, you know, gotcha. easy to use. So from a user, you're, you're constantly being targeted with what would seem like simple attacks. So for example, you know, like again, we go back to phishing. Phishing is not new, but phishing works. If it didn't work, bad guys wouldn't do it. I keep beating that drum. Exactly. I beat they that keep drum. doing it because people fall for right. it, so it makes and, it worth and, their time. And, 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 we've seen, and we've seen studies where these companies will go out, they'll go out, you know, they're a third-party, you know, security vendor, and they'll go out to a company and they'll do training. They'll say, okay, employees, don't click on links, and we're going to do a little test. And they'll do a test, and people will click on the link. And they'll say, okay, you clicked on the link. Don't do that again. We're going to do another test. And they'll click on the link. And you're like, it's not going away. So from a user perspective, it's it's not rocket science. From from your angle, it's you know, be careful of the websites you go to. Don't open up you know emails you're not sure where it's coming from. You know, Don't open attachments. All that good stuff that we've been talking, that hasn't changed. Hasn't. And that's still going to be there. And that's always going to be a threat, both from an employee in the company and you know, Joe Blow user who sure. goes home and all of a sudden gets this random email from someone and says, hey buddy, click on this random link that I haven't talked to you in two years. I'm sure, no problem. And they click on the random link and they're popped and their banking right. credentials go out the well, door. We did a little experiment here at the PTC. We worked with Ethical Intruder. You probably know those guys at Ethical Intruder. Quite Fantastic well. pens for the record. Exactly right. <laughs> they do have good pens. So they actually did a little experiment with us where they sent an email out to our entire staff saying that here's a link to your performance review. Now, we hadn't done performance reviews that time of the year, but, you know, and it was it came from our, our HR person, and uh, it looked somewhat legit. But I, when I saw the email, I saw that the signature wasn't quite right. I figured something weird was going on, so I alerted him. He said, no, keep quiet. It's a test. Well, we had more than half of our staff click on it to where he got full control of their computers and their calendars, their contacts, and everything else by clicking on a link. And so yeah, the lesson is, if in doubt... Do not click. That's Contact right. that person right. and pick up sure. the phone. I mean, exactly. it goes back to what I talked about last right, time. Right, it's right. no compromise. Just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. And, and you know what? And, and, and philosophically speaking, therein is the problem with technology. It's making us lazy. It, it's all about making our lives easier. But when we really mean easier, we mean I want to put less effort into stuff. I want it to be done for me. I want it to be easier. And I get it. Hey, I'm just as lazy as the next person. So I get it. But but, but at the same time, it's like, we got to start weighing the pros and cons of all this stuff. Right, right, right. Now, but I do want to go back. Yeah. So from a, from a company perspective, though, you, you know, what I'm seeing a lot of, and again, it's not new, but it's still trending. Everyone's going, you know what? We're moving to the cloud. We're, we are, you know, we're being targeted. We don't have the security. First off, you got to say it right. We're moving to the cloud. Cloud. That's right. We're in Pittsburgh. We're in Pittsburgh. Come on. This guy's going to the cloud, right. Matt. We're going there. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking, hey, if we virtualize, we go to the cloud, you know, we won't we won't be as susceptible to a lot of these attacks. We can't be hacked. No, right. And it's, they're you know. They're taking care of the security for us. Exactly right. But see, <laughs> on one hand, you're saying we don't have enough security professionals. At the same time, we're... We're interconnecting everything, and then we're going to virtualize it, and we're going, ah, we should be fine because I've offloaded the risk. But I'm still, I still have data. I still have an e-commerce platform. I still have an email server. I still have a web server, a file server, authentication server. Those things aren't going away. No, They're right, just right, being right. hosted exactly. by someone else. I had a friend tell me once, he said, when you hear cloud, just replace it with other people's servers. And that's exactly what it is. So you have different threats now. Okay, you've offloaded that to a third party, but that doesn't mean you're any less susceptible because you know what? You are, it's still the data that you're responsible for protecting. And you don't know, just think GDPR. You say, well, we've, we've virtualized everything, we've gone to the cloud, um, so we've put security on them. But you know, you can see the stories over just the last year. You know, there was the Verizon, there was. Um, 
DOD, there was the Pentagon, there was, you know, there was voter data that was exposed. So you have all this data being exposed from these cloud servers that aren't configured right. It's still out there. It's still accessible. So why would you think, well, just because we put it in the cloud, we're more secure. It's like, no, everybody knows the Spectre targeted hardware. Now you've got nation state sophisticated attacks that are basically out there that, I don't want to say script kiddies because they're not quite script kiddie, but right. they're not necessarily top of the line hackers. But the, you know, there's white papers out there that say, here, here's the way the attack works. And it's just a matter of time before people start putting, you know, example code and proof of concept code out there in different forums. People go get it, whether it's just pretty decent hackers, whether it's white hats, whether it's gray hats, whether it's nation states. And they're going to start exploring, you know, exploiting the hardware. So now you have all this virtualization and you're saying, well, you know what, I'm going to go right to the hardware. I'm going to put the exploit in some JavaScript on, on a web server. Um, uh, you know, maybe it's a watering hole attack. Maybe it's a clicked on a link, whatever. You go there. Now it's executing on your computer. And you know, at least say, well, we're running our office suite is all virtualized in the cloud. Yeah, but you're still executing the code. And it's still, the whole point of the Spectre was I, it would enable random access to different memory locations, which means I could, I could get to other parts in memory. So even though I have hardware, I have multiple virtual machines running on this hardware. And if I can bounce around the memory, well, then I can see things maybe I'm not supposed to see. And you know, maybe I can get you know, stored keys or passwords, whatever. So this notion that we've virtualized and threw it into the cloud and I'm more secure. It's like, no, you're it just- creates new opportunities, right. it seems like more than You're just anything. transferring risk. And you can't say, oh, we're covered, because you're not necessarily. Right, you gotta read the right. fine points of the contracts, especially, Absolutely. you know, you're going to some of the larger companies. And if you think they're gonna say, oh, don't worry, listen, we're gonna do all the patching on that server and that file server that you're hosting locally. A lot of them in the terms of use will say, we're not going to look at your data. Okay, I'll assume that's true. We're not going to mm -hmm. look at your data, which also means quite assuming, Steve. Quite assuming. <laughs> which also means we're not going to patch for you. Think of all the WordPress and the Joomla vulnerabilities that have been out there. You know, you have these kind of cut and paste websites. I don't say that in a bad way. I mean, it, it's designed for people that don't have a lot of IT expertise that want to have you know an online website. So they say, you know what? For, for $9.99 a month, I'm going to get this, you know, this kind of cookie cutter thing. I'm going to put my name, I'm going to put some images, I'm going to put my products. Uh, maybe I'll add a wiki functionality or blog, whatever, and boom. I, I now have an internet presence. That's vulnerable. Correct, and, vulnerable. because, because right. I don't know anything about it. And am I going to assume that the host provider is going to patch that for me? Well, again, the whole Al-Qasam Freedom Fighters from a few years ago, that was the Iranians when they were DDoSing the banks. The whole premise was they were taking advantage of WordPress and Joomla vulnerabilities that were sitting on all these host providers. So it's kind of like if you have a hundred of these sites sitting on one piece of metal, and they're all virtualized, they're on one piece of metal. Gotcha. Once I got one and they're all configured the same minus the names and all that, but, but the, but the background, can, I got them all. You get into one, you get into them all, That's right? right, I got them all. And now I can use all the processing power and the bandwidth of that server and off I go. Oh, and by the way, since I'm on your site, that doesn't mean I can't host some exploit code on there too. Oh goodness, so. see, this is where I, I'm, I, I get freaked out and I, I can't sleep at night, but I know that literally 24 seven, NCFTA is looking at this stuff. They're seeing the worst stuff out there and figuring out ways to A, alert people and to you know find solutions and workarounds for this because it's, it's crazy. So going over some of, some of the cloud stuff, what about like ransomware? I've been hearing so much about that. It seems like it gets creepier and creepier and weirder and weirder. It, it, 
what's going on with ransomware? As the Italians say, yes. buona domanda. Good question. <laughs> no, um, we've been practicing that Italian yes. now. Um, very good at it, very good at it. No, uh, so, you know, fun fact. A lot of folks don't know that um, ransomware has actually been around. The first case of ransomware was actually 1989. Really? And a lot of people don't know that. It was wow. this. It was, it was back in the days of floppy disks, and it was this whole AIDS campaign. And Did you would steal it out of your backpack and say, I'm holding I have this no ransom comments, so you sir. give me five bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> but there was floppy disks. There were viruses. And, and so it, it, it goes all you know all the way back. But it was but you literally had to like mail the check-in. And I forgot. I think it was like to Haiti or some. You know, like, so, but again. <laughs> we'll mail your disk back. Right. <laughs> but so, hey, that's the concept. But, though, right? right. So, so it's nothing new. Oh my goodness. So, but what happens is now when you with the advent yeah. of these, you know, virtual slash cryptocurrencies, you know, the bad guys went. Wait a minute. I can get you to pay, and I can receive payment anonymously. So, you know, maybe roughly say ten years ago, it kind of matured into this. Okay, once I'm a virus on your system, and I remember back in the '90s when viruses got on your system, they were most likely destructive. People were about you know erasing hard drives and just doing damage and right. bouncing stuff on your screen and just annoying. But now it's like we got your pictures and we got your text. Right, and I'm going to hold your ransom, like and and, right. and I'm going to hold your ransom. Two ways I can do that. Okay. Traditionally, we're thinking I'm encrypting all of the files on your computer and saying, okay, if you want to decrypt them, you pay me and I will give you the key. But but you make a good point. There's also the I could steal your data and say. Listen, I've got all of this personal files. Um, I've got you know nude pictures. I've got your tax forms. I've got all kinds of goodies about you. Um, you're going to pay me. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to pay it to this you know to this virtual wall of Bitcoin, and people are going. Uh, Go find some Bitcoin, and here's right. a link to learn how to get Bitcoin exactly. and send it to me. Well, and but bad guys. And so fun fact. So bad guys have switched a little bit from Bitcoin. They're going to other cryptocurrencies because of the volatility, like Ethereum and things like that. Right. Because okay. of the volatility in Bitcoin pricing. They so make sure they get their money. Absolutely, because you know <laughs> oh they're giving you 24 hours. I mean, right. Bitcoin was really bouncing around yeah. there for a while. But, but like a correction that you actually had to send me five Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> right, and now it's like point zero 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 one is worth you know a thousand bucks. You know it's crazy, but but you know also, Bitcoin's ledger is very public. And so a lot of researchers are looking at these these addresses where the money is being sent to and saying, okay, that address is associated with this ransomware. Now they can do a bunch of homework. Eventually, and this has been one of my themes in school huh. that I teach the kids is okay, cyber touch is physical. At some point. You can go from that virtual wallet, but you've got to convert it to real money. Somewhere it has to become cold hard cash. Unless I can buy yachts on the Black Sea right. and Bitcoin, which is well, possible. You're I'm going to want a business idea here. Let's let's I think like about your this. Attitude. Yeah. Yachts on the Black Sea. Hey, <laughs> I'm all happen, for right? it. It's it's funny because you would think the Black Sea and yachts. Oh, do some homework on the Black Sea and yachts, you, and you know where that money's coming There's from. There's some money there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so you know they're moving to other virtual currencies, and I think a lot of it is the volatility in Bitcoin. But I also think the public ledger of Bitcoin. Um, so if I go to other cryptocurrencies that are that are being designed to have less publicly viewable ledgers, they want to be public because they got to have some kind of you know trust to the currency. Right, but at the right, same time, exactly. I don't want to say down to the nitty gritty detail because then, like I always say, nothing's really anonymous. Exactly. Cyber will touch physical. Yeah, one if physical. I can, I can just see the crossover and I gotcha. So. Um, so they've gone away. You know, there, there's different variants of that. It's been around. Um, they're still encrypting files. Um, now they've said, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not going to go for files. I'll just go up to your master boot record. Now you won't even be able to boot your hard drive up. I'm going to encrypt the boot record, and I'm going to make all this data, you know, um, useless. Especially if you're using some kind of disk encrypt, and I can't get to it to decrypt the files in the first place. Oh my goodness! You know, it, it's just a pain. Once in the again, butt. I'm just creeped but out. But you know, and there's out. There, like everything. That's the name of our podcast series. We're calling it "Creeped Out and Freaked Out." <laughs> <laughs> but there 
is mitigation to all this. I mean, right. it's not hopeless, but but it goes back to it goes back to um, good IT practices. You know, and that's going to be and that's a whole nother. That's our next podcast. Uh, that's that's a whole other so, segment. I mean, we've gone through some crazy stuff, and I'm going to encourage everybody first. The NCFTA. Where can people go and learn more about you guys? www.ncfta.net. Net because. Great resource there. I mean, you can really learn a lot about what some of the threats are and, and everything. I mean, it's just it's a great place just to kind of get yourself kind of immersed in it. Better yet, tune into our next our next episode here because you're going to talk about some some great strategies to keep yourself safe. Some of that might seem really basic, but you got to remember the basics. And we'll have some a little more advanced stuff as well too. So Steve Mancini from the NCFTA, I love hanging out with you. Creeping me out and freaking me out. You're always my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as simple as that. Yeah, this is Jonathan Kersing with the Pittsburgh Technology Council and Tech Vibe Radio. So glad bringing you this special podcast talking about all things cybersecurity.